You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Special guest, Jazzy Jay. Spe- no. That's right. The other host. Special guest. I like the phrase special guest because it makes me the special one here. Oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to like rebrand. Look, the thing is, it's just a bummer that apparently the little colonels don't want you to be the special guest. It's mostly what they're broadcasting at this point. Listen, you just tell yourself whatever helps you sleep at night, but I will not be conned into thinking special guest is the way to go. <laughs> Look, that's for the little colonels to decide, Ben. That's for the little colonels to decide. As a special guest, I totally failed last week and forgot to prompt you for a corny joke, so allow me to prompt you. Oh, pr- I feel so prompted. <laughs> Let's hear it. Jay, what does a nut say when it sneezes? What does a nut say when it sneezes? I have no idea. Cashew. <laughs> cashew. 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 I know. I kind of wanted to read it like I was like a cashew. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you were saying if this was like the sound of the sneeze or like the oh bless you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of a nut-based pun for like gesundheit or something. Hey, do you sneeze when you look at the sun? Oh, Ben. I this is. I feel like you're prompting me now because yeah. Absolutely. I think if you know me, one of the things you might even... Oh, you know Jonathan Carlin? The guy who sneezes? (laughs) It's like what you're known for? I feel like... If you, if you know me long enough, you will come across this particular aspect of me, which is that the sun, or in general, just bright lights, prompts sneezing. And I don't know what has happened, but in the last two or three years, it has gotten out of control. I, you sneeze in fits. Dude, I do. Like, historically, when I would, like, walk outside or something, like, the, the bright light would make me sneeze. Right. So the sun is a really great uh, agitator for this particular thing. It's not, it's not like, and it sounds weird. It sounds like, what, what are you allergic to sunlight? It's like, no, there is, there is like an actual, I think, condition. I think I made a video about this in year one um, that I think it only affects like 5% of the population. But as I understand it, I want to say what's happening is like your brain has like cross-wired like dust and bright lights in sneezing. Yeah. So I, I looked it up while you were talking here. Yeah. It says sun sneezers have a certain piece of DNA that's different from non-sun sneezers. Sneezers. This genetic change is passed down from generation to generation, and it causes a mix-up in the brain, making sunlight trigger a sneezing reflex. Yes. This is like one of those odd things where it has happened to me my whole life, so I've just always assumed that this is just like an absolute thing. Like, you go outside, you sneeze. Right. Um, and it must be so odd for people that this does not affect them, and I bet it does seem like borderline like laughable like that's so weird the sun makes you sneeze yeah it probably does but for me and yeah historically it's not like 
most of my life, it'd be like, yeah, you walk out, you sneeze once. Oh, that was annoying. And it's done. Yeah. But I, recently, it has been in fits of like six to twelve. Yeah, I usually, you know? I usually like mark you at like eleven. So like once this starts, I'm usually like, like I'll like make tallies, but they're not like it's not like you're saying you're not like cashew, 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 cashew. Oh you no, know? it's like it's like cashew, cashew. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, is a, it is like a lengthy process, and it is so frustrating because it like actively stops you from working on things. Yeah, you know. And, uh, I, you know, I have to like blow my nose and just totally rid myself of the situation. It is very frustrating. And I don't like at once upon a time, I would have described sneezing as like, like, you know what? I was like almost fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sneezing's like more. Am I the only one who thought sneezing was fun? No more. I am beyond that now. Oh yeah. No, it's although my thing with sneezing is that it gives me like chill bumps on my arms. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I sneeze, I always get chill bumps and then I have to show everybody. Yeah. Um, And I'm always like, oh, look, look, chill bumps. You see them? You see them? Yeah. The weird thing is when you sneeze a lot, many times in a row, there is an absolute progression of concern that people will go through all the time. Oh yeah. At first, it's the the most common, oh, you sneeze once, you sneeze twice, bless you. Like they're just being polite. Sure. After about like four to six, people are like, are you okay? (laughs) Like, do we need to, what's going on? And then, but then after about like eight or nine, it's just like, dude, are you done yet? Like, it's like a wave people are riding. Yes. It's like it's like general politeness, a growing concern, proper concern. Dude, you are being annoying. <laughs> yes. It's like you think I'm being annoying. My face is exploding. <laughs> oh, uh, it's so frustrating. Although, actually, this reminds me of another. I said this like disrupts uh, my workflow. Like I was like sometimes it's annoying because I'll come in like from outside and uh, the like the lights in our office might trigger it or something or maybe I turn around and the brightness from the window will trigger it sure or something and it's like I'm just sitting here trying to work on writing an email and all of a sudden it's taken you know I I can't right because every ten seconds I sneeze again you become destined it's yeah. like do you and do you know when it's going to be like a fit where you're just like oh man oh here no, we go it's like, like hiccups you always think the last one is the last one and you're like you put every single hiccup you put all of your eggs in the, I hope that was it. That was probably it basket. Yeah. And then it's not. You want to know what's so frustrating to me about hiccups? I want to come back to sneezes in a moment. But in eighth grade science, I had this teacher, Miss Wire, and she did this thing where I had the hiccups in class. I'm sitting in the front row and she was like, Ben, I'll give you another dollar. I'll give you a dollar if you can hiccup again. And like at this age of my life, I was like, this is the easiest dollar I'm going to make in my life. Cannot wait to take it to the vending machine after this. Yeah. Because like a dollar goes places, you know, I mean, like that's. Yeah, it's cool. You can get yourself like a Pepe Cola. Yeah. You know, Pepe Cola, double oatmeal cream pie sandwich at lunch. Maybe. I got those anyway. (laughs) Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Man, this was this was such a take in eighth grade, which was the worst year of my school life. But, you know, like you, you bring like a check in and they put it in your little account, you yeah. know, whatever. And for all of my career as a student, I didn't realize I could just pick up anything I wanted and it would go on this tab until eighth grade. And every single day I would get this like jumbo double decker oatmeal cream pie and just... You know, mom was just buying that for me every day, I guess. That's amazing. She <laughs> yeah. was like perfectly okay with it. No, no, I just, I just did it. I didn't like, I wasn't like, mom, just so you know, when you're, when you're giving me the 25 bucks for lunch this month, I am putting at least 40 cents a day. <laughs> into, oh, but so she didn't realize that she was having to give you that $25 check more frequently. Probably. No. Oh, wow. Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Anyway, we're getting off track. The other, I feel like I cut you off. No, that's okay. Well, so once upon a time with hiccups, I like learned this fantastic trick and it worked so well i was so excited about my one dollar couldn't hiccup again wow and i was like what this is the way you do it and so like into adulthood there have been so many occasions where i have like tried to play this card on people where like they've had the hiccups and i'm like i'll give you a dollar if you hiccup again and they're like i'm like oh what Oh no. But it, it worked on me. It sounds to me like your teacher thought you were actively being, no, this doesn't make sense. You were like actively being annoying and she was trying to like prompt you. Cause if you were just doing it on purpose, you would clearly just force another hiccup. Yeah, to yeah, get the yeah. Dollar. Never mind. That doesn't make sense. No, no, I think, I think she knew. <clears throat> My, I struggled so hard in this particular class that this teacher who was like a known, like challenging teacher, yeah. like she's like one of the ones where it's like, oh, you got her. Yeah. Um, 
she I think had like a, a strange like soft spot for me where I think she was like trying to like nurture me a little bit. Uh-huh. So she was she was generally pretty kind uh, okay. to me as as an individual in the class, which I actually did feel bad for because she was not kind to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you feel bad because she's being nice to you. Yeah, exactly. You're such a exactly. people pleaser, bud. Yeah, I know. Such a people pleaser. Um, but no, so going back to sneezing. So I've talked about this in videos before, possibly even on the pot before. I didn't know how to blow my nose until I was like 22. Like, oh, dude, tr- me neither. True fact. This is like one of these things that like growing up, mom, like, I well, I don't know if it's, it's that she never taught us or if people aren't supposed to need to have been taught how to blow their nose. This is, I know exactly what you mean. It's similar to like, did we not drink enough water? <laughs> you know, um, which I think we must have. We're fine. Um, we made it. I would, anytime I would see on TV, someone who was like being represented as sick with just like tissues littered all around them. I was like, what is going on? This isn't how people look when they're sick. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, I had the same same thing or like um, the kind of struggle that I felt like I go through, like tissues weren't even generally the solution to my runny nose problem. It was just sort of like sniffling all the time. Yeah. But like I was not someone in my life who was a was a frequent like if we had a tissue box at our house, I feel like it could have lasted for like six years. Probably. Because no one was like no one was like, oh, let me grab a tissue to solve this nose running problem. Right. The running like if you use a tissue on a runny nose, it was to wipe your nose, not yep. to blow your nose. And so this exact thing happened. I remember in sixth grade, which was your eighth grade year, yeah. same so same year going mm. on yeah. uh, with your oatmeal cream pies. I was in a math class and I remember I was sitting there and like, like quietly doing this like we're taking a test and so like every you know like 10 seconds i'm not even focusing on the test anymore i'm literally putting all of my energy into like like counting the amount of time it's been since i last like oh like sniffled yeah since i last like disrupted the class by being like yeah and so finally i'm like i'm so self-conscious about it and you're like it's one of these things where you're trying to convince yourself like nobody's noticing like you're the center of your own universe you think you're disrupting everybody but it's not that big of a deal when this girl lauren looks over at me and she does sort of like the hands on the face you know like sort of like like i'm whispering at you she's like go blow your nose and i like i put mine back up and i'm like I don't know how. <laughs> you said that? <laughs> it's like, oh my like, God. Yeah, I was like, it's one of these things where in, in my mind, I'm like, I, that won't solve it. Like there's, there is no solution. I don't know how people can, can produce trumpet caliber amounts of air from their strills, you know? Like how are they delivering that much airflow outward like that? And um, I don't think it was until I took like scuba diving lessons mm-hmm. where you wear like the mask that sort of like encloses your nose. Yeah. You know, like it's it's all up in there. And so I think after scuba diving, it kept being this case that like I had like just gunk, which is probably way too much information. Wow. But like, I think this is the yeah, moment in my I... life where I was like, man, I need to really like clear this stuff out. Yeah. And sure enough, it was just like, oh, oh, and you want to know what? When you blow your nose, running nose is not as big of a problem because you're like yeah. getting ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah. There's nothing to run out. Nothing to run out. Yeah. That's wow. This has been TMI with Ben and Jay. <laughs> with Ben and Jay. Welcome. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So as an adult, I do know how to blow my nose and it is often the solution to my sneezing fits. So proud of you. Yes. But so let me circle back. I have another question for you. Okay. This is uh, tangentially related. Okay. I so. always think it's important to define how related the new topic is going to be. I think our office does this just, but I'm cutting you off completely, <laughs> but like, like our, our office has like layers where they're like semi-related, not related at all, tangentially related. Like we all use these qualifiers inside of our office where it's like, I'm going to change the subject. And then, but before I do it, I will let you know the amount at which we're talking about the existing topic. Right. It's like, you really, you don't, you don't want to be impolite by shifting the subject, but you, something someone said reminded you of something and you want to talk about that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yes. it's like, t- totally not related but so i have a different issue like sometimes like if sneezing might stop me from producing work another issue i have is that back in high school uh the worst my my least favorite thing about all school is homework because to me i remember even as a first grader feeling the injustice of homework like like they send you home and you still have to do school like i'm sorry i'm not at school anymore what gives and like like this was like a genuine thing that just never went away like my whole life like you were just always frustrated by right like it was like my brain was like refusing to accept like certainly someone was going to realize that these teachers were were assigning homework in this completely unfair way and it would be stopped and gosh 
Like, like my, I don't know. That sounds silly, but uh, homework, the worst. Yeah, no, I completely agreed. Anyway. I'm the, sure, I'm sure that every, people everywhere are applauding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, oh man, the very best part, let me tell you guys something. The very, very best part about being an adult is that you don't have homework. It's true. <clears throat> yeah. It is the most true thing. Oh, homework's terrible. I didn't like it at all. But anyway, you have to do it. So, uh, my typical routine before doing homework was like, you end the school day, we'd normally have like some sort of like cross country or track or soccer practice or something. Right. And then you come home, you eat dinner, and now, ugh, I have to, it's finally time. I can't put it off. I have no more excuses. No more excuses. Must do the homework. Sure. So, my solution was always, okay, I would sit down and be like, in, in a last ditch effort to postpone doing this at all costs, was I would go to the bathroom. Like, I would just like go pee, which is like, what buys you like 20 seconds or something? Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. You're Worth like, it. I don't want to start. I guess I could go pee. Anyway, so I would do that every single day. I would postpone my homework by another 30 seconds or so by just running to the bathroom. The problem is that You now, have like weaponized the use of going uh, to the bathroom on the assault against doing work I, your whole life. It has, it has, but it has backfired to an extent now because like I just, trained my body to like react this way before I start work. So, so now now it always happens. So now it always happens. It'll be so frustrating. I'll just sit down and be like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and start and it'll be like, I will get, you know, one sentence into typing something to be like, oh my God, I have, to, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, like have to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it is so frustrating. No, okay, so on that, that exact same note. So do you remember like growing up at like summer parties and stuff, there was always this sort of like idea that if like the first person who fell asleep like if you put their fingers like in warm water that it would make them like have to pee yeah and it was like a prank you could pull on like that person and it was yeah. like don't fall asleep first because you don't want it to happen to you and i was always like that makes no sense like why would that make you have to pee well it turns out that either my psychology has decided it, it, it turns out one of two things one it's just always worked or Two, my psychology has made it so that it works mm -hmm. in a way that I fall asleep with a warm bowl of water. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there's this thing that'll happen to me, though, where I will, like, go and take the dogs out or whatever. And, like, when I come back in, like, I'll wash my hands. And when I wash my hands, it's with warm water, which usually makes me have to pee. Yes. And so then it's like, well, I just wash my hands, but then you have to go to the bathroom and you just wash your hands again. Oh, yes. And it's like, it's like this whole thing I put in motion because I, like, because my dog was scratching at the door. Right. Right. So I had to go outside, take them out, and I came back in, I had to wash my hands, and then when I washed my hands, it made me have to go to the bathroom, and then I had to wash them again. Right, and there's no solution, because it's not like, well, let's just go to the bathroom first, because it's like, you have to go to the bathroom. Exactly. The hand washing prompted it, and then you have to, and then also because you just washed your hands, now your pants are wet. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, so it's all just one really uh, tremendous cycle. Just one tremendous Com cycle. Completely unavoidable. So, right. okay, so like, this is the case though. So you're, you're like settling into, to go to work. Like, is this just like the start of every like work day? Or if like, we've been like off doing something fun in the office, like playing video games or something. And it's like, all right, we should probably get back to work. And you're like, huh, before I do that, like, uh, well, it'll just hit you like at any point in the day. It'll, it'll, yeah. If, if like I'm about to sit down and start, it's all, it feels, it's the most annoying, which isn't like typically like a huge deal if you just have to run in the bathroom, but it's the most annoying if I like suddenly have like, a, oh, I gotta go, oh, I gotta do this real quick. And like, right. And I'm like, like, it's a sense of urgency. Cause then as soon as I sit down, it's like, no, don't do work. You need to go to the bathroom, Jonathan. Like, <laughs> no, no, this is, <laughs> we're not doing that battle anymore, buddy. We're yeah, over it. We're done. We're done. Homework is over. Like I can say this out loud. I can think it. And it's like, my body's like, yeah, well, we already built the road. So, you know, <laughs> now that it's there, we pretty it's much there. have to use it for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Yeah, so I'm curious if other people have like trained their bodies to do certain things at like prompted by other other uh i don't know occasions occasions yeah well life. that is the thing too it's like it's like going on road trips like i frequently think that you know, like everybody knows that person in their in their like life or family that when they go on like a long road trip it's like can we stop at the next exit to go to the bathroom please and it's like oh my god yeah. we just stopped you know yeah. like, like why didn't you go while we were getting gas yeah and this is like one of those things where there was a period of my life where i got like super 
like way too aware of the thought that like I was in the car with someone who I really did not want to ask to stop. And therefore I would always start thinking about like, oh my gosh, well, if I start thinking about having to pee, then I'm gonna have to stop. And then it's gonna be this whole thing and it's gonna like slow down their productivity. And so I like ran into this problem where I was constantly going on these long car trips with these like other, you know, professional people. And I was like, every single time I got in the car, something that's never plagued me my whole life, all of a sudden, I always had to pee. Oh no. And it was just like, it was one of these things where I dreaded it because it was like, I would go in and be like, oh man, this is going to be terrible. I have like three hours in the car and I already have to go. And it's like, I'm just gonna have to hold it because there's no way in the world I'm asking these people to stop for me. Yeah. And so for like probably like two years, that was just like something I just dealt with all the time. Sounds like dangerous. Is it dangerous? I don't know. To like hold it that long? Maybe. I think Mm. so. Yeah. Okay. should do that. Well, it happened. Uh, This also happened with movies. One of the things about like going to the movie theater is like, especially if you're watching like a brand new movie or something like you don't want to miss a single thing because nobody's going to pause it for you. Unfortunately, I asked. And it hasn't been until we started the Super Carlin Brothers YouTube channel and we started going to like opening night for so many movies. Yeah. And very frequently, we only have that one opportunity to watch the movie before we go in and review it on the channel the next morning. Right. And so same thing, like my, like my entire life, I don't think that I had ever left a movie theater to go to the bathroom mid movie. Right. And all of a sudden when it's like, dude, you can't miss like, you know, two and a half minutes of this movie right now. You don't know what's going to happen in the next two and a half minutes. Right. Like what if it's the most important piece? Right. And you could like say something super witty about it and people will think you're like an internet genius. Right. Or, or you, you make some joke about a giant plot hole that in fact was explained. Right. Oh, (laughs) that would be the worst. Worst. Can't have that. <laughs> like, no, that ha- they actually explain it when you went to the bathroom. They're like, no. Oh. So now this is like a tragic thing that happens to me every time we go to movies where it's like by the time the movie is over, especially Marvel movies where there's a post credit scene, I'm like sitting there like kneading my like quads. Uh Like I'm like, okay, let's get out of here right Right. now. Marvel in particular has like made it like an inside joke how long their credits are too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like exceptionally long. Why do so many people have to help? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, maybe they're like slowing it down or something. Like, could you make it go faster? I know. Like, does it need to be 15 minutes? Because it is. Yeah, but like, they know you're waiting. I feel like they're like, God, oh, this is my own secret prank. Yeah, right. Someone somewhere is in charge of setting the speed on the credits. Right. And they're like, they're like, technically I'm authorized to go as fast as 75%, but what's 47? Do you the- think there must, do you think there are guidelines for how slow the credits like are like uh, must be like is there like a like a I don't know like a speed limit on credits? Well, I've wondered this so frequently before because the fact like credits are like this really odd thing like where it seems like it's functionally important to the movie to make sure that like it includes giving credit to all the people who have helped in whatever capacity is relevant to you know the movie, but no one ever reads the Mm -hmm. credits so like i don't know if credits are functionally serving something else where it's like you know you need to prove that you actually did in fact help on you know avengers age of ultron and you can go to the credits to prove it like that is literally the confirmation certificate that you get from that movie from having worked on it is like Mm -hmm. there is my name in the credits i worked on this project and i can prove it sure like there's that but then on the flip side very frequently like netflix or any of these like streaming services or sometimes even just like live tv as one episode episode ends in order to like get you to jump into the next one they will basically like cut off the credits and immediately start playing into the next episode yeah or so- they'll do the thing where they like shrink the the window down to like 10% size and play the credits at two times speed. Right. So it's like bleep, 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 bleep. And then, you know, yeah, like then the next thing, and then it goes away and then you're just watching the next episode yeah. all of a sudden, which is a great way to keep you in your seat, but a bad way if the credits are supposed to be doing something. Well, I, interest, uh, yes, I have thought this before too. HBO, I have always noticed, um, will not do this. They will always play the full credits in their regular runtime speed. Right. I, I've always, and, and weirdly, I've always been like, Good for you, HBO. Like, it's never really bothered me, but certainly TV shows are the greatest, or like network cable TV shows are the greatest offenders on this, where they will just blast through the credits like no one cares, doesn't matter. Which it's it's this weird double-edged sword where you're like, it is actively disrespectful to all the people who made this show. Oh, for sure. But also, I probably, I'm not going to know who those people are. I'm not going to like, you know, I, I probably wasn't going to read them, but I... 
like still it still bothers me that it's disrespectful oh i know yeah well and that yeah it's the thing too is that like so much of what the credits are going to are like specific like industry terms that you probably don't understand like second rigor on the third platform of whatever or something yeah. like that you know and it's like if if you have no idea what any of those words mean which by the way i don't um like the the context of my name potentially being next to one of those things is very minimal yeah uh so it's it's not exactly like you know you're getting the the greatest sense of like notoriety but at the same rate i feel like i totally would yeah. like if i helped on a marvel movie and my name was going to be in the credits you can sure as heck bet that i would be like so anxiously awaiting seeing like my little my little blurb up there yeah absolutely absolutely maybe maybe what we should do is you should we should go through and just pick like your favorite marvel movie and pick a section of the credits like i don't know like lighting and just see who was who was like the lead lighting technician or whatever become a fan of the lead fan of that person but every marvel movie would be like did they get did they get ted again oh they did ted teddy boy that guy we need all in but like actually what you should really do is pick like the assistant to like pick someone who has like somewhere to grow yeah so it's like i think it's called the best boy which is a really weird term for like the second like the second in command of lighting is best boy yeah really i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure what I fact check what a you. really really funny name yeah for something i'm the best boy on set it's yeah. like that's not as cool as first mate yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that would no, that's that's a good one okay okay i like this okay so so we'll become fans of someone who has somewhere to go and then we will watch their career via the credits oh that'd be what a fun new like sport I know, it's like fantasy football. Fantasy credits. Fantasy credits, yeah. Except you could totally cheat by just... Like, they would keep this information secret. Oh, right, 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 yeah. True, yeah. true, true. true. Uh, yeah. Or I wonder I wonder if you're, like, more in the industry and you're, like, really familiar with so many different, like, studios. If, looking at the credits, like, you recognize a lot of names. Like, maybe Hollywood's not as big as you think. Oh, yeah. Sort of thing. It, so, like, the, the idea that could even potentially be that, like, out of all the credits you've ever sat through in your entire life, you know, if that's, I don't know, a thousand movies or whatever, um, how like the same people chances are have worked on 10%. Oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. Of, of all of the movies you've ever watched. It's Ooh. like the same. Interest. The same people. Boy, so much to dig into with the credits. I know. I know. Like, it's yeah, like, 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 I'm going to go watch a movie. <laughs> I'm a huge credits nerd, actually. <laughs> I, I got, I have baseball cards. Well, not baseball cards. I have credit cards. Well, no, no. <laughs> Human cards. Human cards. Oh, we've come full circle. There it is. People cards or whatever. People cards. What were we calling them? We yeah. gave them a name. Like the, going back, I think it was like our first calling episode. cards. I think it's what they're actually called. Calling cards. Yeah. Okay, but like we we were going to make them at some point in time, and they were going to be like stainless steel, like yeah. business cards, That's like right. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still want to do that really bad. Do we should we should circle yeah. back at some I, point. I feel like it's worth noting that I have been in the credits of one movie before. I, we have talked about this yes, on the pot before. I'm pretty sure we have. I think you have to bring it up every time we talk about credits well we don't we've never talked about credits so in-depthly what was your what was your position like uh, locations assistant whoa yeah so on the on the the leaderboard of i don't know if you were looking at the org chart of a movie production yeah thing you know at the very top you'd have the director and at the you know maybe like a hundred rungs down you'd have uh production assistants okay right those are basically the unpaid interns who are just trying to like crack their way into showbiz and be like yeah i worked on a movie set hire me to do this other thing now you can see my name in the credits yeah you can see my name in the credits so i would say that if that's like tier 100 i was at like tier 99 <laughs> oh which wow was locations assistant there was the whole de- i mean department was locations director and then me locations assistant so you know pretty big deal on uh, w- set did you have your eyes on that director position though were you like someday not at all <laughs> someday i'm nope. gonna walk around it was such a weird thing because it happened so quickly that i got recruited to work on this movie because i was just doing like grip work for a local like video production crew that made like promotional videos for local businesses and stuff right and because so you, you mo- like set up the lights and Stuff like that. Uh, like for, for them. Yes. For Not them. for the movie. <laughs> no, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the movie, my main, yeah, but uh, my main job was like setting up the tents and chairs and tables. And I think we had to, we had to like back in all the trailers for the actors and actresses and stuff like that to, okay. to stay in. So it was like taking care of just stuff that was about 
the physical place they were shooting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was such such glamorous work. I had to drive like a like a semi like like a, I don't know if you said like a like a tractor trailer. You know. Yeah. I didn't have to drive a tractor trailer, but like a like a half size, like a small like tractor a small, trailer. Yeah. That's cool. I never it, knew that. Oh, dude. It was, <laughs> yeah, I had to drive this thing around all the time. And largely what I had to do, this was so terrible. I had to pack up. There were these like giant tables that everyone eat, would eat lunch at. Okay. And they were just like mishmashed together that the producer had like found like someone who would like, you know, basically rent out all these tables and chairs to the production for free for the next month or whatever. Sure. So they were not like, you know, even they weren't like cohesively looking the same. It was like, oh, this table's legs open this way and this one folds down that way. And, you know, oh, these these chairs are pretty much better. And there's always that one with the weird, le- you know. They so you got them from like assorted surfaces? It was, I Co. think, I don't know where, I think it was from like a, uh, I think militia seems like the wrong word, but it was like the... The rock, I want to say that's what it was, like the Rocky Mountain Militia. Do you remember this place when we were kids? There was like a, uh, I don't know, there was like a gym inside and they had like a helicopter and like an army looking Jeep out front. It was sort of like. I do remember this. Yeah. Super vaguely. Yeah. It might, I mean, we we did grow up in like a corner of the South, so. Yeah. It, it would not surprise me if that is what it was called. Anyway, that's where they got the tables and chairs from. And okay. My, and I had to. Not assorted surfaces. Nope. I <laughs> do load up all of these giant tables and chairs over and over and move them from location to location and then reset them up and uh, or and fit whatever else you know needed to go in the back of the truck in the back of the truck but it was massive you know and sometimes and we're shooting at the lake right. so sometimes when you're getting down to these lake houses it's like these tiny narrow roads and you're in this huge truck and it was not easy to navigate for sure I mean you're I, so big I also feel like Maybe there's a chance that I, I don't know for sure. Were you qualified to drive that kind of vehicle? I certainly did drive it. <laughs> okay. I, don't know. I remember though there was one moment on on set where I thought uh, where, like, I have I like have like hot flashes about it sometimes just thinking about it where like because what the lower down you are on the totem pole on like a movie set like the the smaller the mistake you can make to just be like off the crew right like if you're if you're high up and you make a mistake whatever it's forgivable if you're really low and you make a mistake then it's like that's like, it. whatever like yeah we're not you know who get, cares? get this kid out of here yeah so i was one day uh having to set up all the tables and chairs again and hold on real quick question about that do you did you take like an enormous amount of pride in it like did you like put your very oh. best or was it just sort of like, ah, whatever, just put it out? Oh, no, yeah. The, like, the only way to survive in situations like this is to put as much pride into whatever you're doing as okay. possible. Okay, so perfectly because, Oh, you know. it was. I took pride in, like, the speed in which I could do it. Okay, okay. Like, I was, you know, because it was a lot of work. I could, get, I could do it, um, you know, load all these things up. I had to get there. You had to get there, like, ahead of everybody. Right. You had everything set up before everyone gets there because there was nowhere to sit. Stuff like that. Um, but... I'm in this parking lot because we're in like a we're like shooting in the downtown area of some town. I don't even know what town. And I'm backing up so I can unload under this pavilion. And I am backing up and I hit the and I get out and I like hit the brakes and I come and I go and look at the bumper and I am like less than an inch away Ooh. from like smashing into some very expensive looking Mercedes. And like it was just like so horrifying to me how close I came to having to go up to the producer and be like uh, Sarah Elizabeth, uh, uh, I did a thing and I don't know what to do. And, <laughs> you know, like, like, I think I did, if it was me, I would leave. <laughs> like, well, that's it. It's like, whatever happened to that, that one guy? Yeah, except, again, we're off in the middle of nowhere in downtown. My ride was the truck, you know? Oh, gosh. I had to wake up extra early, beat the whole crew. That, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh, I, I think about it. I'm like, man, I, do, I don't know what I would have done if I had just, like, crunched into some random civilian's car with this giant truck and had to go, like, make ma- make the producers deal with it. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. like, find a way for that to be okay, I guess? Yeah, like, uh, Oh my gosh. I hit a a car. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. So my my only real experience that was somewhat similar to this was I was doing a an aquarium job in Lexington, Kentucky, where we were installing the world's largest private jellyfish aquarium, which is a whole bunch of like qualifiers yeah. where it's like it's not the world's largest aquarium by a mile and it's not the world's largest jellyfish aquarium mm -hmm. by a mile but it was the world's largest private jellyfish aquarium this is exactly how when someone's breaking a world record this is always how they're doing it oh right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like first person to like ride a unicycle while like carrying seven pizzas right or something it's like well are people really trying to break that one <laughs> right yeah like maybe you're the only person who ever did it right yeah. right still impressive still i mean i don't want to take anything away but you know but so it was this like really cool job where there was this like really bizarre restaurant in lexington that was like the i think the people maybe who own like cheddar's restaurant which tend to also have aquariums in them yeah. they had like traveled the world like had gone all these like different places found all these like super cool restaurants and they took like all of the ideas of any cool restaurant you've ever heard of and they put them all into one like one restaurant and so it was like it was like a strange patchwork quilt of like cool ideas that other restaurants have done except all of them right including mm. a gigantic cylindrical jellyfish aquarium that was dropped through a hole in the roof which was eventually replaced with a golden cupola which is like a, a thing and then inside there was like all these like bubble walls and there was like a tequila bar and all sorts of just like really unusual things uh that all went into the particular restaurant but we were there while it was being built because we were installing the aquarium and the guys i was working with were from florida and they had to go home for like a month before we were going to be able to go back and like the concrete was poured so we can finish doing our job and because we lived in virginia 
uh, the guy I was with was like, well, I'm going to fly home. You drive my Ford F-350 Super oh, Duty no. Dually like six hours back to Virginia. And so that's like windy West Virginian roads and all sorts mm-hmm. of like crazy stuff. And like I'm driving this just behemoth of a vehicle like <sighs> hundreds of miles yeah and this is like one of those things where like whenever you like drive up to somebody driving a particularly huge truck i feel like you always sort of like do that like audible eye roll where like this guy really thinks he's something well if you saw inside of that vehicle you would have seen this like terrified small guy gripping the steering wheel as tightly as i could Mm -hmm. just like i was like you know going like 50 miles an hour the whole way home just like oh yeah i mean so so terrified and everything to do with it was like a total unknown it's like i've never driven a vehicle this big before and i was driving it so far and it was like a diesel which means you have to fill it up with diesel Mm -hmm. which is a different kind of fuel yeah in case you're you know unawares yeah but even that it was like pulling up to the thing and like having never picked up that green handled like pump before i was like is this the right one it's like if i pour you know it's also like a 97 gallon tank or something (laughs) right you know it's it's gigantic it's like if i put the wrong fuel inside of this vehicle it is ruined (laughs) like if i yeah if i pump 97 gallons of the wrong kind of gasoline in here i'm gonna have a 97 gallon problem yeah yeah, like, yeah i don't know how to get it out i don't know if that already damaged the engine i don't know if it's gonna run again did i break it Ugh. right and so that's the other thing too is that like people might have their opinions about like gigantic trucks but when it really comes down to it like this vehicle probably costs like a hundred and twenty thousand oh dollars like gosh. it's it's so easy to see like a super fancy sports car or whatever and be like whoa wouldn't want to like scratch that or something it's like dude if you're near a huge truck that thing costs a ton of money Mm -hmm. and so i felt like this is this this like 23 foot long liability driving through it's a long truck half of the Mm mid-atlantic so that was that was my my glorious experience but the thing okay so there's this other thing it's like it's like a topic that i wrote down for coming into this particular episode that was a circumstance where it was just presented before me that i was going to have to do something that i that i didn't have any experience doing like i knew how to drive a vehicle obviously so like it's not like it was a total unknown but there is this like thing i think that i have slowly come to realize about myself is and that it is my reality is the knowledge that i am perfectly okay relying on my ability to know something (sighs) when i need to know it more than attempting to know that something before that moment like Okay, that's it's you a, might have to break that down. It's a confusing sentence. It is a confusing sentence. Good point. I wrote mean, it down and then read it as I was talking, which is how I was able to get it oh, out okay. the way that I that I like thought it for the first time. So the idea here being that like I think so frequently I have like thrown ideas out to you before. It's like, well, why don't we just do this? And you're like, Well, we don't know anything about that. And it's like in my mind, so frequently it's like, Well, I'm not going to like go and collect information that could be useful to me someday without knowing directly how I'm going to apply apply it mm-hmm. i am basically in this position of like i trust that if i need to figure out how to install like a cooktop in a food truck that when they like when that day comes i can figure out how to do it i've never done it before i have no idea how to do it and i have no idea what i don't know about doing it mm-hmm. but i know that i can figure it out uh-huh. and so like to me it's never an obstacle <gasps> as i'm looking at a potential project to be like oh but i don't know how to do that or that or that it's just sort of like when the day comes i'll figure it out like uh-huh. like i i know and, and that's like one of these things that like i'm i feel like i'm totally and completely fine with uh but the double-edged sword do it is that i typically am unwilling to do any research any period before when i know that i'm actually going to put it into application yes i'm very familiar with this aspect of you and uh my guess is that this notion has both served you well and poorly at many times good point good point (laughs) i too have noticed that exact phenomenon um i think it's like, it's like the almost the exact opposite. This is like a weird situation. So like we've talked about like my fear of like starting a blo- like a, a, my own vlog before because yeah. like it, it would enter into like areas of doing something like I don't know how to do. Yeah. And it's like, I'm almost too qualified on what knowing what to do looks like that it intimidates me that I won't be able to do it. 
So sometimes I think I'm protected by the by that like unknown. Uh-huh. It's like because I am like blissfully ignorant of how hard something might be, I'm not intimidated by how hard it will ultimately be to learn all of those things. I see. But having lived in the world of YouTube and seeing how people who are really good at it do what they do, it's like, oh man, I am not as talented as they are. So there's no way I can touch what they do. Right. Like you've you've seen too much of like how the sausage is made. Yes. And yeah. it's like, man, sausages difficult right it's a tricky thing the casing i mean is it organic or is it made i don't know ah, seems like in some cases it could be either could be either that was a sausage reference you know yeah. like the casing uh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. i got it okay i understand basic sausage production <laughs> <laughs> but do you not really okay okay i mean i know you have like the grinder and you put the meat in and you put it in the casings and you twist it off and you you know that is how the sausage is made yeah let it hang for how long yeah although i think yes exactly i don't know how long i think probably indefinitely is uh sounds okay indefinitely not indefinitely but mm, yeah maybe i don't know <laughs> okay okay that's a that's just a funny uh the casing is supposed to keep it good for a long time is that what the casing does i guess it is what it i does. mean i think of like a butcher shop that is like you always think of like all those sausages hanging from the ceiling is that in cartoon or is that real? Why would they put it in cartoons if it wasn't real? <laughs> that was a weird thing to fictionalize. Well, good point. It seems like they're always like just like hot dogs. Well, but like a, think... like a giant like a rope of hot dogs that like Scooby Doo can like climb if he needs to, <laughs> and then promptly eat right after that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Boy. Doubles as rope. <laughs> I think the thing also about making sausage is like that phrase, knowing how much the sausage is made, is often more a reference to like, you don't want to know because it's kind of gross. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not, you're, you're too, yeah, hmm. So do I even want to know how sausage is made? Because that might ruin sausage for me. No, but I maybe. Think, I think that, what, is, that is the origin of the phrase. What, <laughs> what a weird problem to confront. It's like, I probably don't want to look up how hot dogs are made because then it'll ruin hot dogs for me. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you know that it will be ruined, but that doesn't stop you from eating it. Right, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. It's like that knowledge, like, I can hold out that it's perfectly easy and not gross at all. Your brain has plausible deniability on the origins of the hot dog. It's exactly. like, I'm exactly. 99% sure it's bad, but 1% of me is like contemplating like, it might not be. Right. On the other hand, there's hot dogs on the grill in front of me and I'm hungry. So here we go. Dude, I can't remember the last time I ate a hot dog though. What? Yeah. I ate four on Monday. You <laughs> four hot dogs on Monday? I sure did. I think, okay, I think maybe the last time I had was at Disney World and I got a um a foot long chili dog. I find that foot long hot dogs are disappointing always. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Let me let me let me tell you this story. You then. can educate me? Yes. I would say that in general, yeah, if you see foot long hot dog, what you're at best getting is about I don't know, 10 inches or so. Oh, sure. And you're getting... Now, is this a, like, yeah. plop, like the measuring stick? Right. It's like what they're talking about is a longer than the bun hot dog, basically. Sure. Right. And that, a disappointing one. Always. I will say, though, at Disney World, they are, like, not messing around with the footlong hot dog. Oh. It was, like, massive. It's a proper footlong. It was probably more than... <laughs> what? And... Like, I mean, I can't even tell you. It was just huge. And, and like, not not like some skimpy, uh, like, you know, looks like just an extra long hot dog. This was like a proper okay. big thing. Because this is what I would say about foot long hot dogs is that to me, it's almost like, you know, like when you played with Play-Doh as a kid and you like rolled it on the table. <laughs> yeah. And it's sort of like, let's say you had like one quarter cup of Play-Doh, which you could then mold into like a normal sized hot dog. Uh-huh. To me, a foot long hot dog is literally taking that exact same amount of Play-Doh mm-hmm. and just rolling it longer. So it's just a longer, thinner hot dog. Right. Made of the exact same amount of hot dog. Right. The yeah. only novelty is that it is it like is, extended. Yeah. It, is, it is longer. It is not even the same width as a regular. This was like bigger, longer. It was, I would, I was impressed because especially when you're at like a concessions or like cafeteria setting with a foot long hot dog, you're not expecting much. No. Right. I'm actually surprised you went for it to begin with. Well, here's the thing, is that I saw someone else walking past me with one on their tray, and I was like, I'm interested. 
I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. That's amazing. Yeah, so that, that would be my take though, is that in general, I think that footlong hot dogs, no good. Sounds like you've had a rare opportunity where are good. Uh, but otherwise, so I just got a new grill, which is the reason why I had hot dogs. Oh. Because it was like, it's like, I basically, I got a new grill and I have cooked literally every single meal on it since then. Uh. Just like, it's like, well, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna throw whatever I can on this right. thing. Uh, what I have found is that when I was a kid, I really didn't like it when like hot dogs, like where the casing like broke and it like looked all like whatever. Mm. But as an adult, I'm the exact opposite. It's uh. like, I like flame broil my hot dogs. So, so they're like exploding at the seams. Okay. So when you're, when you say hot dog, you mean like, just like, not like a bratwurst or something. I would say, I would say actively not a bratwurst worst no but i tend to buy like a beefier hot dog in general okay like i don't buy like okay so like the other day Allie came home and she had bought like ballpark franks yeah and i was like Allie, what were you thinking what so what is the brand of ben carlin's preferred hot dog nathan's oh nathan's nathan's would come to mind uh -huh. as as a top shelf option otherwise uh i think hillshire farm makes like hot beef links Hot what beef links. Hot beef links. And I would say that that's like gourmet hot dog category. Okay. Um, like, so this is like, this is like, instead of getting like eight hot dogs in a package, you get five, which I always think is weird. Like, why five? Why not six? Oh, this, four. Is, this is like, why don't they sell hot dog buns in the same quantity as the dogs? It's, it's very frustrating. <laughs> it is, because you had to buy more of one. Yes. So, but yeah, those, so those are the ones that I, that I tend to get. And that I would say that those are like verging closer to a bratwurst, like a more of like an actual like meal. So, but you're, it sounds to me like you would prefer the dog to the brat. I tend to prefer the dog to the brat. This is like, but, but I don't know why. Like this is almost like a, like a strange gap in like even my existence in our family. Like I feel like the whole family, it's like, if it's like brat night, it's like, ooh, we're having brats and we're going to like soak them in a beer bath with peppers and onions and like the whole thing. And I'm like, can I get a hamburger instead? Do you know what? I've observed the same phenomenon in our family. And yet, what is interesting to me about this phenomenon is that like, you were correct that when, when, when dad is grilling up the brats, it is like an occasion. It's like, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and it does feel like that's, that's the food you're supposed to eat. Yes. Right. And yet I would say that of the, the five members of our family, just like, you, me, mom, dad, and Ty. Yep. That only me and dad actually eat the brats. No, I think Tyler does too. Oh, does he? I think he does. I don't know. I feel like, because I feel like the phenomenon I've observed is that like less than a majority of the people are actually eating the brats. And, oh. yet, it feel, and yet everyone else is left feeling like they're the ones in the wrong. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It's been a beat since this particular occasion has arisen. Yeah, dad. Seriously. Have, have more backyard cookouts. I know. Come on. I mean, I know we're in the middle of a global pandemic here, but brat night. <laughs> Eventually. When, it, yeah. when it's time. Yeah. When it's appropriate. That is is funny though that is funny because you're absolutely right there's no two ways about it is that like when it's it feels like we're having brats for dinner and like the hamburgers are being made as like a like for that one cousin who only like is particular about like their food right it's like well you got to make it for them because you know they, yeah like, they don't eat uh, whatever yeah. they, they don't eat the fun stuff so and and i feel like it like brings me so much pain that i'm not on the side of that mm -hmm. situation yeah. that i want to be on right but like it's it's one of these things where i do think that it's it's not just like like I could like tolerate the meal. It's almost like the type of thing where I would stop eating it because I don't like the food. Interesting. Yeah, like it's it's like a strange kind of like it's not just like food that I would tolerate. Like what is a uh, like meatloaf for example is like I I'm not a fan of meatloaf in general. Right. But like if it's placed in front of me and like you know it's dinner or whatever, then it's kind of like okay like like I'll eat it. I, I will like I will consume dinner. This is like so far on the other end of the spectrum that it is actually something where it's like yeah I'm I'm going to. Do not finish. Oh, interesting. Um, which actually, I would say that there's almost this like slightly liberating thing that has happened since being an adult is there used to be this like phenomenon as a child where when I was presented with food that I really like was uninterested in or like didn't think I was going to like or something, I always felt like very like claustrophobic in those moments. Like, hmm. like if I don't eat this, then I know I'm going to be hungry. And if I don't eat this, I know it will not be acceptable to seek out later food at another time. 
time. And so this was like a big deal at like friends' houses growing up. Like if their oh. parents made like a dish that was like super common to their family, but like I didn't you eat didn't salmon like or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, it was like Ben, you you finished the food. Right. And oh. it was like, like you found a way to eat it. And it would like stress me out. I would be like, <laughs> like pulse racing. <laughs> and as an adult, it's almost like in the very rare circumstances where it happens, if like there's a scenario where like I'm presented with a meal that um is either not filling or something that like I that I would choose to like opt out of or something is the idea that I can leave and go buy a pizza. Right. It's like, and that's like totally fine. Right. You know, it's like, so it has happened on a small handful of occasions in my life where I was like, you know, kind of like picking up my food a little bit, mm-hmm. like shoving it around your plate to make it look a little more finished. Uh-huh. And then it's like, but the best part is I get to go and get a, a large pepperoni after oh, this. Oh man. When? Is there, is there a particularly memorable occasion or food you couldn't stomach? The only thing I can think of is there was one specific time and ironically the food that was placed before me was pizza. Interesting. But it was like pizza with every single thing on it. Like the whole available options. And that was like literally how they ordered the pizza. It was like, we want a pizza with everything on it. Right, like we want an everything pizza. And what I mean is you there at the pizza station where you've got your your large, you know, you've got 40 toppings in front of you. I want your hand in every single one of those containers. Every container. Right. And it was just, and so what really I think got me was the anchovies, which is are, are just, it really, I, I think it would have been fine. They're incredibly salty. Right. And so it was like, I would like eat it. I'm like, oh my God, like this is like intolerable. Like it is, it's so much. And so the other thing I'm trying to do is like scrape through, cause I'm already sort of like a pizza purist to begin with. Like I like right. pepperoni like pizza. Pepperoni man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like locked and loaded on that. Uh, so like, you know, I'm kind of trying to go through, I'm like, I like black olives, mushrooms, you know, green peppers, like, you know, I kind of flick these things off here and there. And you're like, it's kind of hard to navigate the waters of like, which of these are the anchovies. Cause they kind of look like mushrooms a little bit. And yeah. so, and at some point in time, you kind of look ridiculous, like right. picking stuff like off of your pizza. Yeah. Um, and I feel even worse because it was being given to me as like a thank you for uh, help that I had provided. And this sounds like an ill-conceived thank you well, to me. I think at the time I felt maybe like a ping of the same way where it was kind of like, um, who orders everything pizza? <laughs> I don't know. This is like, I don't know. The, like not that I feel because so there's, like most pizza places have like probably 40 plus topping options. Yeah, I know. You know, and this must've included, there must've been like pineapples with like not every flavor goes together. Exactly. And you can put literally any flavor you want on a pizza. Just merge it all together. So you must have had like ground beef and cheddar cheese and pineapples and anchovies. Yeah, all on one pizza. All on one pizza. And the thing is, that I, every single time I thought about this, I felt like the least gracious person in the world because it was just like a very nice Such gesture a for... pleaser, Ben. I know, I know. But I think it was even the type of thing where they're like, do you have any preferences? And I'm like, I'm fine with whatever. Not thinking that whatever could possibly be... Like, I think in my mind, I was like, well, when it, like when it comes to like ordering pizza for people maybe where you don't know their preference, like the, the classics are probably like all pepperoni all sausage cheese or like or, supreme or supreme or yeah. or maybe like a vegetarian option uh which i guess like cheese would be anyway yeah i i agree if you're like what do you yeah, if you're ordering for an unknown crowd yeah yeah the, the list of available options are cheese pepperoni sausage vegetarian right those are the, it's, your, like, yeah. it's, it's the common slate yes yeah and so um anyway i think i think i was just like i was caught so so off guard by it but like it is one of these things where i think that like whenever presented with something i never want people to know that like i'm squirming on the inside so mm-hmm. like there is always this added battle that's going on where like i'm attempting to front like everything is completely normal. Uh. It's like, there'd be like no circumstances where someone like would like see my poker face or whatever, where it's like, where I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you should play poker, Ben. Well, I think it's different when it's playing poker because then you're like too aware of how the sausage is made. Oh, I see. You know, like it's like, it's like part of the game is not showing your hand and therefore I have to, but nobody knows I'm playing the game in the real world. Although I described like my whole life then. Really? Oh yeah. So you, oh, wait, do you feel like you're like always sort of like quietly having like your own discourse inside of your brain while like other things are happening before you? I mean, I feel like I often have an agenda that I am manipulating to get my way. 
No way. Yes. Uh, never. It's not. That sounds like horrible. Have, yeah. No, it does for sure. Yeah. It's not to make it sound like I shall rise through the ranks of power. <laughs> like, that sounds. That's not at all what I mean. You're right. Right. It depends on what your agenda is, and if yeah. your agenda is getting your flavor of pizza, then that feels a little less like. Yes. That 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 is the scale of right. uh, ambition right. we're talking about. Something that like, oh yeah, where does Jonathan want to go to lunch? Mm, I suggested it the last three days. How do I still get to go where I want today? So. Sort of oh thing, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. Um, um, no, I I do understand that. See that I think that literally, it's funny you say that because I think that when it comes, I think that I like my independence because I get to have my own agenda mm-hmm. without having to put it onto anyone else. Mm, or so I would have you believe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you controlling me? This feels scary. No. No, but so I think that, yeah, like I think for me, a lot of times, like the idea of being solo comes with the perk of like, I can go and I can like go and do this the way that I want, because if I'm with literally anyone else, I would never enforce my own agenda over anybody else's agenda. Right. Which maybe is probably part of like why, like how you and I fit together as like just friends outside of just also being brothers. Right. Is this sense of like, if you have a stronger opinion about where we should go in general, I'm just sort of fine with that. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, right. we, we don't have to go to war over. Yeah, where we lunch. have lunch yeah. yeah um so no but that that is really interesting because i think we would have literally the exact opposite ideologies in terms of the way that like we would be going about something no not entirely because you you just said you wouldn't want to like force your agenda on like someone like like over their own sure right see i would say i'm the same way i don't want to like force anyone i don't want to be like oh no do it this way instead right but the thing is you just have to try and find a way to get what you want without revealing your agenda so i'm not trying to like i would never like force it on somebody like you're you're operating under the assumption that people are going to be able to read straight through your poker face and be like all ben wants is what is what he's aiming for is what it sounds like i know i know i i do understand what you're saying i'm trying to think of like circumstances where i desperately want something to happen and i figure out a way to go about and ensuring that result Mm -hmm. because it does feel like such a generally rare pool of motivation for me Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to think of like things that i have done in my life so one thing i would say in particular uh is one of the things that like i particularly love doing is going snowboarding yeah and when I started dating Allie, it was like she had like gone skiing before, but it was sort of like here, there, everywhere. One of her friends was like on the ski team in college or mm-hmm. something. So like she had gone more than never. Right. But certainly not like frequently to the point where it was something she would identify as like a personal hobby. <clears throat> yeah. And so this was one of these things where like for Christmas over the course of like three years, I slowly was giving her like gloves and a beanie uh-huh. and like a ski jacket and a mask and the long con and like and like ski pants. And then like finally after like three years of doing this, I finally gave her like boots and skis. Yeah. And it has not worked at all. We do uh, not go skiing. <laughs> right. Well, see. Yeah. I, I'm then like, again, I feel like I'm sounding really like maniacal or something. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, people generally understand that that's your resting demeanor. So right. <laughs> it's, it's fine. That's why you're the, the, the special the guest. Air quote special guest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. The specialist of guests. Uh, but this is like, I think we've told the story in the pot before where like how, like at a, let's bring it back to pizza. Okay. Let's like, yeah, pizza. you're at a party. People are going to order a pizza. You want more pizza and you've done the math and realized, boy, if we're only on like two pizzas, I'm only going to get like a slice. Yeah. So I'll offer to order. I'll just order toppings. No one's going to want. And then I'll get more pizza. Right. Right. Okay. See. So you're not putting anybody like you're not like my goal is I want more pizza. Your goal is you want more pizza. Right. Okay. Okay. I see. This is I my see. low level. <laughs> <laughs> this is like your strong opinions about things that yeah. don't matter. It's like you are like super manipulative about things that don't matter. Exactly. Like, okay. I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> that adds up. That adds up. I could see that uh, mm. explaining so many situations throughout my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> Oh, man. So, okay. So I have to ask you this then, because when we started Super Carlin Brothers, we've told the story a thousand times before. The whole idea yeah. was that like you lived at home still with mom and dad. You had already graduated college. I was graduating with college. I was graduating college, did not want to move home. And so I was like, well, hey, why don't like we just move into this house together that I found and it'll be great. Like we can move out of mom and dad's and it'll be cheap for both of us. Then it'll be like a perfect idea. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Ben, I will only move into that house with you if you agree to do this YouTube project with me is that like the type of thing where you could have been like hmm i would not like i was gonna do it anyway yeah yeah yeah. like you're like i would not be opposed to moving out and it is a good deal and it's not a bad house and it's conveniently located and this could work out well but also 
No, I was not. I was not like, ooh, do you know what? I think I have a bargaining chip here. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, no. Genuine deal. <laughs> Genuine deal. Okay, Genuine okay, deal. okay. It lives on. Yeah. The I, I was saving so much money living at home. Well, it wasn't that expensive where we lived. Well, I know, but also was not, you know, making tons of money either. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, same here. Same here. Yeah, aquarium, aqu the aquarium industry does not exactly pay well mm. in general. I see. Yeah, that's kind of a, you know, scrape by kind of thing. I guess so. <laughs> scrape by both in the aquarium and financially. <laughs> that's it. That's an algae scraping <laughs> that's joke. That's an algae scraping joke. I, even I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Okay, guys, well, for our question of the week that we will post to you guys is which are you more like Jay or myself in that do you typically have an agenda that you are attempting to get your friend group to like morph to in a way that doesn't reveal that you are that you have one and how good are you at it or are you just like the go with the flow type of person where it's like well I'll just do whatever everybody else says and like I'll choose to go and do things my way when nobody else is there to be hmm. encumbered by it uh, I feel like I'm pretty go with the flow pretty go with I would say, I'd well. say you're pretty go with the flow for the yeah. most part yeah yeah you yeah. want to go to Moe's oh no, no just... <laughs> I just poked him right in the ribs he's just like gaslighting me over here <laughs> <laughs> Jay uh, Jay has a, a, a long-standing relationship. We'll call it with with Moe's Moe's uh, Southwest girl. Yeah, I would say it's like it's like an ex-girlfriend, <laughs> but one you like never dated. You know, it's just like no, no. They... I feel like I did date Moe's. Oh, you did, you did. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was. I mean, we can maybe get we're get, we're running over on time here, but maybe we'll get into this at a different date. But in in my early my my college freshman roommate came from uh, Northern Virginia, and he was like yeah, one of the one of the greatest failures of. Bradford, Virginia was that it could not provide him with a Chipotle. And like, it, I just had to hear about, oh, Chipotle is the best. It's, oh, I love it so much. And like, this was like when Chipotle was like on the rise. Okay. I feel like it was just sort of becoming trendy and, uh, you know, it was picking up steam. Sure. And so I, I heard the sentiment a lot, like, well, it's the best place ever. So anyway, like a couple years later, I've transferred to tech and they opened a Moe's and it just felt like, I'd never even been to Chipotle, but it just felt like I had built up this resentment because people like had just talked like, it just like felt like they had so overhyped it, it or something. It can't be that good. Like, but like here, here we have, here in Blacksburg at Tech, we don't have Chipotle, we have Moe's. And it was like, it, it was like such a victory or something in my mind. I don't know why. And I would go and I would love it. And it was so good. And I just, I like enjoyed it so much. And then, and, and then. then at our old office, we were right across from a Moe's and Roanoke had finally also gotten a Chipotle. And for the longest time, I was like, well, I, I mean, I've been eating a Chipotle because it's, you know, it's still, it's like a burrito. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, like, Everyone loves it. Let's not scoff let's at burritos. Not scoff, let's not scoff burritos, you know, or anything like that. But, and it's like more convenient. But now that we're right next to the Moe's, jackpot. Right. Right? Fantastic. Ben, like, do you see like the height from which Moe's had to fall? Like they, there was almost nothing they could do to dislodge their brand loyalty in my mind from themselves. Ooh. You so know what I, I mean? I feel like what has, has truly happened. Maybe I, maybe I have misunderstood the relationship you did formerly have with Moe's. Yeah. Like, so it, it like, it didn't fall from, from nowhere. It fell from the graces. It fell. It was like. You, it would, yeah, and like the great burrito war had been won in my mind, you know? Right. Moe's or Chipotle? I'm on Team Moe's. That's what we had at Tech. That's what we had at my college. That's what, that's where I'm going to take my kids to eat burritos. <laughs> That's, it, it was is an like, important decision. It, like, right? Yeah. I mean, the the level of things they had to do wrong to dislodge themselves from such a firm first place was like, that's what makes it so... and. And then on the flip side, Chipotle just surpassed them in every... I'm not going to get into all the details. I could, but it'll take another, I don't know. Oh, we'll be here for a we'll while. We'll be here for a while. But just let 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 me, let me it be known that my position on the matter is that Chipotle is so much better than Moe's in every way possible and that I don't like Moe's at all. There so. you go. There you go. So, so yeah. Also, everybody can provide me. feedback on where you will take your kids to get their burritos. Options include Chipotle or Cadoba. Moe's is not available. On Moe's correct answer. Moves is not a correct answer. Yeah. Otherwise, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. It is how we determine every week who the one true host will be. We have three tiers. They're all the same 
some value. One of them is team host, uh, p team host, host Buzzy B, that's mm. me, host Jazzy J, that's, that's J, or host Neither, where we just get 15 seconds of silence after the running jingle of music. That'd be no fun. That'd be no fun. You wouldn't hear from the one true host or the most special guest, me. Mm, we're still not sure about that title. Otherwise, I want to give special thanks to these patrons this week. Uh, Rebecca Sumner, Felix Bergman, Bill Conrad, Roxanne Byrne, uh, Sarah Schnee, Louise Torres, and Mitchell Harlow. Thank you to all you guys uh, for your support on Patreon. We do appreciate it just so very much. Otherwise, guys, until next time. Pop, pop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.